seated. Please take out the insert in your bulletin. This has listed for you several passages I will refer to. If you are new, we are committed here at Redeemer to expositional preaching, meaning that I work through books of the Bible, and I just finished a two-year study of the Gospel of Mark, and I'll start, Lord willing, a study of 1 Corinthians in the new year. I wanted to take these four weeks of Advent to do a more topical study, a biblical study, but one that's more topical, and that's why I have these verses there noted for you. Try to Trying to draw your attention to some feature of this season that would be a blessing to you, I hope and I pray. And I want to specifically bring to you the gifts that God gives us. It's a gift-giving season, and we ought not to forget the greatest gift God has given us is His Son, and therefore forgiveness for our sins that comes through Jesus. That He is the great gift. But we get more with Jesus. Uh, many other gifts unfold from this great gift of Jesus that is given to us. It's like the purse that my wife received early in our marriage, that the purse itself was wonderful, but in the pockets there were fives and tens and twenty dollar bills that my mom put there just to surprise her and delight her, make her happy. And so Jesus is that main gift. There are many other gifts, and we have looked at two of them already in the first two weeks. God's gift of adoption, where he doesn't just forgive us from our sins and send us off, We are made sons and daughters of God and all the rights and privileges that come with being children are ours in Christ with God our Father. That's the first gift that we accented in the first week of Advent. Last week I talked to you about the gift of fellowship, this supernatural union we have with each other because we have union with God through Christ. We can have fellowship together that's unlike anything people in the world experience outside of Christ. We have a brotherhood uh, with each other in Christ that is unique, it's special, and it lasts on into eternity. It's great blessings come to us from this communion of the saints now. Now, today's topic is a little bit different. The gift is a little bit different. And I drew these out several weeks ago, almost months ago now. And when I drew it out, admittedly, I thought it would be easier in my mind to bring it out. I knew it's a biblical concept, but I was struggling with, at least in this week of preparation, with how to really capture this for you so you really can sense what I'm trying to teach you, what I think the Bible teaches us about all of life. I want to talk to you about God's gift of experiences. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, I think Christians all too often will dichotomize or cut up their life into segments or areas. My work area, uh, my spiritual life, uh, my social life, uh, the hobbies I have. And we break it up into little circles that kind of orbit around us. When in reality, I think the Bible teaches one sphere, one circle, that all of it is in the mix of, and it's to orbit around God, and it's our life, and it involves all of our experiences. But there are many common experiences mankind has. Uh, But for the believer, I would submit that the scriptures teach that we can view those experiences with different eyes, eyes that give us a great perspective, a perspective that then prompts us to give glory to God. So the same experience can be had by one person who is not a Christian, another person who is, and there can be great praise going to God because of that experience, because of the knowledge of Christ given to us. So the gift of experiences, those things that you do and enjoy in life that aren't necessarily directly related to formal worship or formal study of the word, but are nonetheless part of your life, a son or daughter in Christ, and therefore should prompt you to give praise to him. I want to start by reading two passages, and I have the passages listed on the insert in order that I will approach them. 
I'm talking about God's gift of experiences today. The many enjoyable experiences that God gives us. When these experiences are viewed as gifts from God through Christ, we have great joy in such experiences and pleasures. I'll say this often today. These experiences then become promptings to praise God. First, hear John 10, verse 10. These are the words of Christ. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Then in the 23rd Psalm, written from the perspective of one of God's sheep, verse 5 and verse 6, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's bow in prayer. Father in heaven, you are the great giver of all good gifts. You have given us the greatest of all gifts, your only Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, united to Christ by faith, I pray that you would cause us to see the world and all the events around us through the lens of Jesus and his dominion. Help us specifically this morning, particularly this morning, to gain enjoyment out of the many experiences that you you have given us uh, with the proper view so that we might be prompted to praise you. Help us to see everything as it is, from you, under you, through you, and for you. Please give your people a joyous outlook on all the experiences experiences that you have blessed us with. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. We just have so many things to enjoy. I know it's a difficult week given the things we have seen, the images we have experienced on TV. And that's true of much of life. Life is difficult, and especially around the world, it's predominantly difficult for many. But even in difficult lives, God gives us many experiences that we remember and we go back to and we get joy out of and we think of. Just this last Friday night, our home fellowship group met to have our our annual gift exchange, which is a white elephant gift exchange. It's just a lot of fun. And over the years, we've passed the same gifts back and forth, usually with modifications on them. Well, several years ago, we went to the Creasy's home fellowship group and I scored an awesome gift from the Branson's. It's the most hideous looking, sorry to your uncle who made this, but this most hideous looking setting in the ceramic with a, it's a ceramic bowl shaped thing and has a, an oval in the middle of it and it's a scene with a deer in it and some greenery and a little light that someone drilled in the top of it. It's a perfect white elephant gift. I, I didn't even want to part with it when I first saw it. The funniest part is it's a white-tailed deer with the antlers on backwards, of course I noticed immediately, and it looks like it's in Vietnam, not in the Midwest. It's a beautiful picture. I mean, I'm sorry, I know your uncle made it or someone. Don't tell him I said this, but it's a perfect white elephant gift. Well, I brought it to our home fellowship group several years ago and gave it and got it back, this last one. It just came right back to me and it kept on giving. But then I was number one in the pick, so I got to pick somebody else's and someone else got stuck with it and I got something great. Well, semi-great. Hey, these are awesome and fun experiences that we have. Did we open our Bible up during the white elephant gift exchange? No. But I would submit to you that the experience, because it's in Christ together with other believers, we just there's a praise we can give to God without even saying it all the time that is unique to those who are believers. It's an experience God gives us that's a joy. 
Just yesterday night, we had one of many Christmas gatherings, family Christmas gatherings with Sherry's mom's side of the family. We all met at our house, and I made a 15-pound turkey. I roasted it and put six pounds of bacon on it. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord when I see, think of that. I mean, these experiences of life are joyous to us. Think of some of the things that you've done this last year as we come to the end of a year and just the joy it brings you to remember them. It's not so much that you had your Bible open the moment it was a formal time of worship, but as a believer, you know where these experiences come from. You know why they're valuable. You recognize they're a gift from God. They prompt you to give praise to Him. As a family, we climbed a mountain this year uh, with our two oldest boys and just... The climbing effort it takes to get up and then be on top and then look and to see and forever God's creation, it seems. What an experience that is. What a prompting to give praise to God. I went on a white uh, water raft ride with my, my youngest son. That was a total blast with him to spend that time with him. And God's creation. I viewed it as a, another of God's gifts of experience that he would give us. And I praise him for that. Why are these events, which are relatively common for people, you can think of some that you would fill in to these categories. Why are these events, which are relatively common for people, why are they different for Christians? Why am I submitting to you that they are? Why would we consider these experiences gifts from God? Well, a partial answer to this question comes from what we get from Jesus and salvation. Uh, Prior to having faith in Christ, we have only a partial view of, of the world in reality. We think we see reality, but we don't see it in total until we see through the lens of Christ and his word. Practically speaking, people who are outside of Christ really perceive things as basically temporal. Some of the most popular songs today are sung about knowing that life is short or we could die young, so therefore do whatever. Okay, this is the emptiness and the superficiality of of thought outside of Christ and perspective outside of Christ. But for those in Christ, we gain new perspective, new eyes about everything that happens. People who are not Christians will speak of life after death and uh, meaning uh, physical life after, or when physical life is over, what happens? People sense there is something that happens, but they don't know really it is what it is, so they, practically speaking, slip into this uh, existentialism, the worship of existence now, the temporary. For Christians, though, through Christ and His Word, we have the knowledge of the purpose that God has given us and God's glory. Salvation doesn't mean simply rescue from hell. It means eternal life starting the moment God regenerates you and going on forward forever. This is a wonderful, liberating, redeeming perspective, and we see our experiences in a total new light in this light. The first verse that I noted, you see there, John 10, verse 10. The thief, that is the devil himself, he comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy, Jesus warns. Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Two totally different purposes. There are experiences common to all human beings. These experiences can be used of God for His glory, or they can be commandeered for evil. It's a blessing of untold measure to view life and our experiences through the lens of God's Word and the glory of Christ. Common occurrences become promptings to praise God then. Look at what it says again. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. What does the thief steal? That which God has given. What does the thief kill? That which God has created. But what does the thief also then destroy? That which God has given. But what does Jesus come to do? You can look at the same stuff the different with different eyes. He came that we may have life and have it abundantly. 
True life, as God designed it, can only be found in Christ. Only Jesus can give fallen, dead men and women their lives back. And Jesus doesn't stop there. He gives us life eternal, but he also describes it as abundant life, fulfilled life, full life. It means interpreting the world and your experiences in this world through the lens of God, specifically his son Jesus. Writing from the perspective of one of God's sheep, in the Old Testament, David writes in Psalm 23, that great good shepherd psalm. In the middle, though, look at verse 5 and verse 6, and I want you to notice how David sees God's provisions for him and what God grants him. Verse 5 and verse 6, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, this sign of ultimate care that you would give me my sustenance, a table of food and provision in the midst of all my trials. You anoint my head with oil. That's a special mark. My cup, it's not just partially full. It overflows more than I could drink. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Many difficult things will happen in life, but goodness and mercy from God will follow. It will show itself at times. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Like right now, I dwell in the house of the Lord and will forever. I'm in the presence of God, and that changes my outlook on every experience I will ever have. It's a biblical premise that I would like to encourage you with this morning. God gives us so many memorable events and occurrences in our lives. When these experiences are viewed as gifts from God through Christ, we can have great joy in such experiences and pleasures, and they become promptings to praise God. The most common things for you become promptings to praise God. You know, if there's one book in the Bible that really captures this thought, this premise, it'd be the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, Who doesn't want to know the meaning of life? The writer of Ecclesiastes came to a major conclusion, several conclusions around the same theme. Uh, After he observed and participated in all manner of experiences, he's able to speak to it, especially, obviously, by the ministry of the Holy Spirit giving divine insight. The value of our experiences depend on the lens through which you see them. It's all vanity, passing and quickly gone, apart from our Creator and our Savior's word on it, His accompanying it, our understanding of His care of it. Through our Creator and our Savior, our experiences take on whole new meanings. There's a progression of thought in Ecclesiastes. Look at the verses, the portions that I have given you on your insert. And follow this way of thinking that the author is giving us. Ecclesiastes 2, 24 through 26. There is nothing better for a person than he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also, I saw, is from the hand of God. And look what it says. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? You see, the enjoyment we have, the experiences we are able to be part of, are only seen in their fullness when we get who they come from. And what an interesting thing to say. It's just so important. There's nothing better for a person. They should eat and drink and find enjoyment as toil. They work. We go through our duties. We, we work hard and we have an opportunity to eat and to drink, to celebrate what God has given My dad used to always say, especially when times were difficult in the late 70s when there was lots of recession and and difficulty with jobs. And I remember him saying that, you know, we didn't have to have a lot of stuff, but if we could just go to a hockey game and he can get a beer and we can get nachos, we would be happy. 
sounds funny, but he worked very hard. And just to be able to go enjoy a game, that was special to us. That meant something. That was an experience I've never forgotten. And you've never had nachos like they served them at Memorial Auditorium in Buffalo. I see the through a different lens today than I did even then. The preacher says here, nothing better than eating and drinking and celebrating after his or her work. You know, the great qualifier, though, ever is, however, you can clearly see, is knowing that it is from the hand of God. God gives these things to experience, to enjoy, to be prompted to acknowledge Him. Look at uh, Ecclesiastes 3, another passage you're probably familiar with, put to song some years ago. For everything there's a season, but I picked out just two, ver- two phrases in verse 3 for you to contemplate, or verse 4, I should say. But it says, starting at verse 1, for everything there is a season. And a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up. There are appointed times that God orchestrates. A time to weep, and it says a time to laugh. There is a time to laugh that God ordains. There's a time to mourn. And there's a time to dance. There's a time to celebrate. Those times of laughter you have... It's a gift designated by God. Those times of dancing and celebration that we enjoy, a gift designated by God. This thought pattern develops right along in Ecclesiastes. Look at the next passage, the same chapter, chapter 3, verse 12 and verse 13. The writer says, I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. Wow, this this statement drastically and delightfully colors our lives and the common experiences that we have. Look at that again. That everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. You know, the continuation of this thought process happens in Ecclesiastes. I have another section here right before you. uh, Chapter 5, a few verses in the middle of chapter 5, they're noted. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and to drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun for the few days of his life. Life's short. Take pauses to experience that and celebrate that and think about that. To find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given him. For this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is the gift of God. Don't ever take for granted all that God has given us. Celebrate that while also always remembering and responding to God's commands to us about it. For he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with the joy of his heart. What a difference it would make in our lives if we saw all the memorable events and experiences of our lives in this light. That when these experiences are viewed as gifts from God through Christ, we can have great joy in such experiences and pleasures. And then these experiences become promptings to praise God, no matter what they are. I have a quote here from C.S. Lewis that takes a few readings to really to really take in. But I'll, I'll try to read it slow and ask you to concentrate hard on what he's saying, because I think it really matches with what I'm saying, and I hope the Bible is teaching clearly. 
Lewis says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It's not just saying it, it's, it, it completes, it consummates it when we give praise to God for the experience we've had. It is its appointed consummation. God gives you the experiences you have in Christ so that you might pause to give him praise for them. Even the simplest, silliest things. Lewis goes on. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautifully, beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. It is frustrating to have discovered a new author and not to be able to tell anyone how good he is. To come suddenly at the turn of a road upon some mountain valley of unexpected grandeur and then to have to keep it silent because the people with you care for it no more than a tin can in the ditch. To hear a good joke and find no one to share it with. These experiences God gives you are gifts, my brothers and sisters, gifts. And they prompt you to praise God. It also keeps us from abusing those gifts when we understand what they are. There's a safeguard built into the gifts themselves when we acknowledge they're from God. He gives us so many memorable events and experiences in our lives. I want to just share a few of those with you. Just you think too of some of the ways and some of the things you could fill in. Maybe do it as an exercise this week of all the various ways God has given you and your family experiences, gifts. Think of the physical feats that you've been witness to. If you're a sports fan, just watching athletes who are gifted perform, it's, it's, it moves me to give praise to God more than it does for those people. The people don't even know God many times, but God is not limited by what those people know. I remember back in the, in the early 80s when uh, I was going to Buffalo Sabres games and Wayne Gretzky was the player at that time. Still, no one, in my opinion, has ever been any better than him. And he was chasing Phil Esposito's goal-scoring record. 20 games less than Esposito had scored his goals. I think it was 70 or 71 goals. And they came, and he came to Buffalo. Now, we all wanted Wayne Gretzky to break the record. We just didn't want it to be against our team. And so the odd was packed in hopes that our defense would stifle and not be embarrassed by Gretzky scoring. We went to the last five minutes of the game, and we were feeling a sense of pride. It's not going to be us. It'll probably be Toronto. That'll be great. In the last five minutes, Wayne Gretzky scored three goals. How does that praise God? Does Wayne Gretzky know whether, I don't know what Wayne Gretzky knows, but I know this. God gives some people abilities that are amazing. And when I watch it, the whole situation is consummated by me saying, praise God for that. I remember watching Michael Jordan play in Chicago when I was in college. I remember watching Barry Sanders run with no team in front of him, run backwards before he'd run forwards. I'm watching Calvin Johnson today. This guy's a man among boys playing. It's incredible what God has done in creating people that have this kind of these kinds of abilities. Lionel Messi, those who understand the beautiful game will recognize this is probably the best player we'll see. And it's in our lifetime we're watching this individual play and do things that are just unmatchable. Watch a marathon runner run and run and run and run. Watch a gymnast do some of the craziest things you've ever seen and end up on their own two feet. Watch these skiers from Germany, knuckleball throwing pitchers home run hitting batters and watching the greatest of them all baseball teams in pinstripes watch the climbers of mount everest those extreme climbers that go up the side of a sheer face people swim across the english channel even when i watch man vs wild 
and he eats a big, fat, juicy grub, I say, praise God. He gives us so many memorable events and experiences that you get to watch, be participants in. And when these experiences are viewed as gifts from God through Christ, we can have great joy in such experiences and pleasures. They prompt us to give praise to God. Think of the physical activities you're able to do. A a, a long run where you just feel so good after you've exercised in that way. Climbing on a mountain trail. A bike ride across Missouri on an old train track bed. A walk with your spouse or maybe pulling your grandchild in a wagon. How about playing a game in the back of the South Building in the summertime here on Sunday nights? Firing water balloons at the barn. How about watching hot air balloons take off and land? Playing the beautiful game that I mentioned earlier with guys who still need to relive a little bit of bygone glory without severely injuring themselves again. God gives us so many memorable events and experiences. I cannot even begin to list them all, but I'm going to list some more. How about in the realm of the arts and music and literature? We're so gifted in this way and all that we have before us, whether it be watching a Shakespearean play by skilled actors. I remember watching the Moody Oratorial Choir sing Handel's Messiah and just being just taken in by it. And you could fill in another song that isn't directly sacred music, as it said. And when it's done beautifully, you just are moved to praise God over that music that has been done. It could be a symphony orchestra playing Beethoven or an organist playing Bach. It could be the voice of Elvis Presley. It could be the dance moves of Michael Jackson. It could be the acting of Marlon Brando. How about Robert Duvall and the Apostle? I was talking with some of you. That's an older movie now, but man, that was uh, the performance. Heath Ledger and Batman was incredible. Just recently, I saw Daniel Day-Lewis in Lincoln. I can't remember seeing anyone take over a role like this. I don't know what he thinks about God. Frankly, I don't care. I mean, I care for him personally, but in the bigger scheme, God's given gifts to people that then become gifts to us as we realize where they come from. Even the children especially the brave child who climbed up on that ladder to put the star up in the Christmas pageant. Caleb DeWolf in The Fiddler on the Roof, the epic performance at HCA last year. Johnny Cash picking and singing. Neil Peart playing the drums. Stevie Ray Vaughan on guitar. Pavarotti singing. Nathan Clark George at Redeemer. How about sitting next to a warm fire maybe in the wintertime or on a hammock when it's not too hot out? And reading a good book, The Count of Monte Cristo, Moby Dick, The Brothers Karamazov, Three Men in a Boat, you got to read that one, The Picture of Dorian Gray, Christian novel, no, I'm not saying that at all, I'm saying they're masterful novels written by people God created, I hope they've come to know God, but in the end, it still moves me to give praise to God for what has been done. Gazing upon the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel or a painting by Rembrandt or Caravaggio, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, Picasso more recently. You name it. God gives us things we can take in, experiences we have. And when they're viewed as they are, gifts from God, we can have great joy in such experiences and pleasures. These experiences become promptings to praise God. You know, Ecclesiastes mentions the realm of food and drink often. And this is because it's more scarce in antiquity. And to have it provided is the hand of God's provision. And it's a, it draws us to remember God's provision and celebrate God's provision. It's always the way it's celebrated. Food and drink. Think of how many blessings God's given us like this. Eating real chicken wings with blue cheese, not ranch. And whoever it was, I hope the Lord allows, I hope this person went to heaven 
or is going to go to heaven and I'll get to meet them. The person who figured out putting a fried egg and a burger would be so good. Pastor Brian got me once, twice, to eat a burger that was half pound, dipped in beer batter and deep fried. It was glorious. <laughs> Maybe I got him to do it. I don't remember exactly the way it worked. Sherry's Hawaiian meatballs and her apple pie. Sherry Raymond's carrot cake. If you haven't tasted that, kind of talk around. She's not here. I know she's at the first service. So kind of mention it to her and you might get some. Cupcakes. Oh, it's good. A Gene and Giorgetti's New York strip steak in Chicago near the John Hancock building. A piece of cheesecake. A glass of fine wine or a touch, and I mean a touch now, of Jamaican rum in your eggnog. Yes, I said it. We're Presbyterians here. We believe in the Bible, in the Bible's liberties. And as we said, when we understand they're gifts from God, we don't abuse them. How about a cup of Colombian coffee with all the caffeine that cup can muster in the morning? God gives us so many memorable events and experiences in our lives. When these experiences are viewed as gifts from God through Christ, we can have great joy in such experiences and they become promptings to praise God. How about the realm of nature? I could go on all day, but just think of a few of these. Uh, Growing up, watching Niagara Falls dump thousands and thousands of gallons per second of water over, watching chunks of ice the size of houses go over the falls and thud at the bottom. Standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon in Arizona, I remember bringing a group from Redeemer. We did a mission trip in Tucson. I remember bringing kids that had never seen the Grand Canyon. I'd only seen it once myself, but we put blindfolds over their eyes and got to the edge of it. Great trust on their part. And we took the blindfold off. And to see the looks on their face, I didn't even look at the canyon. I looked at their face when they saw the vastness of this big hole that God had created. The base of a 14,000-foot mountain in Colorado, watching a sunrise in the morning. And watching as the sun rises, how everything you were looking at a second ago looks different when the sun shines on it just a touch differently. I'm not left stuck here with what to do with that take-in. I can praise God for it. Driving through the rolling hills of Kansas with miles and miles of wheat. Standing at the base of a 500-year-old oak tree. It's just in the middle of Missouri. Gazing upon the ocean from a shore of white sand. Watching a volcano smolder in fire. Navigating the hills of Pennsylvania in the spring when everything starts to green up. Hearing a turkey gobble before sunrise. Looking up at the heavens and the stars and knowing in Christ that they declare the glory of God. Watching a squirrel tirelessly gather acorns while barking at other squirrels who are trying to steal them. Or even as I got to witness a few weeks ago, a squirrel trying to get a bean, a pick bean off a field, only to have a red-tailed hawk come down and take him. Praise God. Who said awe? <laughs> Praise God. God gives us so many memorable events and experiences in our lives. When these experiences are viewed as gifts from God through Christ, we can have great joy in such experiences and pleasures. Quit thinking in categories. Quit thinking this is my work life. This is my hobby life. This is a, It's God's life. And you're living it because he's given you grace to live it. And you can see it. I was just thinking of architecture and some of the things I've been able to see. I remember I didn't get to see them firsthand, but just the thought of what it would take to make pyramids at the time they were made. 
those statues at Easter Island. What are those about? The Roman Colosseum. For all the bad things that happened there, we look at this, this feat of architecture. The Taj Mahal in India. How about the skyscrapers in the big cities? I remember going to school in Chicago, and I, I never got over looking off at the, what was the Sears Tower at that time in the John Hancock building. Over 100 stories tall, both of them. The Hoover Dam, the Great Wall of China, the ancient ruins you can see in Mexico. But even smaller, delightful venues, even our own city, stadiums you can go to watch a game at. But what about handcrafted stuff? People made this pulpit or made that advent candle holder in the, the furnitures and the furnishings that are made, the craftsmanship that goes into that, the ability to do it. Amazing things can be built by the hands of men and women. God gives us so many of these experiences. How about the realm of machinery and gadgetry so pervasive today? I know some of it can, again, not viewing it correctly can make it overtake us. But when we view it as a gift from God, hopefully we have balanced then about it. And we consider these things great blessings and gifts. The smartphones that most people carry now and the help that they can be. The cars that we drive with all their incredible technology and innovations. Our computers, our video cameras, our digital cameras, video games, iPads, digital sound systems. The experience of watching a movie today is so much more full with the sound that you experience when you watch it. You can almost smell what's happening up there on the screen. It's so vivid. Think of the life of the farmer today compared to 50 or 100 years ago. Combines, tractors, trucks, running loaders. The huge pieces of equipment that I've watched widen this road. I mean dump trucks that are big enough to carry other dump trucks. And anytime I drive by with the boys, I don't care how old I get or how old they get, we all look at each other and say, yeah, look at that. The tires, I mean, one tire costs as much as my car. Airplanes, flying machines. Don't think too long about especially when you're on a plane. But how something so many tons can stay up. Cars and trucks with big block Chevy engines, turbochargers, four-wheel drive. The ability to go zero to 60 in seconds. God gives us so many memorable events and occurrences in our lives. I, I hope that in this, you have thought of the things in your life that amaze you, that are experiences that you've not known where to put in what category, maybe even wondered if you should enjoy them. But now I hope you think differently about that. According to God's word, and in its right place, you can give great praise to God. They're promptings to praise. When you get together this season and you celebrate and you spend time with people, when you give and get stuff, if you think the right way about it, if you understand its place, I submit to you that it gives us just another avenue to give praise to God. And it's a gift from him. I want to close with a verse that I have there noted above the, the Lewis quote. One simple verse for you to remember. This would be a verse that would guide us all well. First Corinthians 10 verse 31. So, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for giving us Christ and the abundant life that comes only through him. Lord, please prompt us to see all the many experiences you uh, give us as gifts from you. Help us through Christ to have great joy in such experiences and pleasures so that we might be prompted to give you the praise and the glory to your name. Help us to make uh, one of our life verses, whether we eat or drink, whatever we do, do all to the glory of God. And may that, by your grace, govern even what we do and how much we do it. 
Lord, please, may all the praise be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's together respond to God's word by turning to 211. Let's stand and sing verse 1 and verse 2 of God Rest You Merry Gentlemen.